Welcome to Anton Knows with a K. What does that mean? That means I know a lot about popular culture. That means TV. That means movies. That means Saturday morning cartoons. Ah, Saturday morning. Those wonderful times with your big bowl of cereal and those flippy pajamas. Ah, who couldn't forget? Or weekday afternoons when you would run home and want to watch cartoons. Get away from that idea of school and responsibility. I also know a lot about science fiction, a little bit of classic horror, science fiction movies, like classics like Forbidden Planet and Planet of the Apes. I am housed there. Today we're going to talk about some obscure cartoons. Yes, you know those cartoons, those ones that your mom and dad might have not known about because you got up at 6 o'clock in the morning on a Sunday or a Saturday. Shows like Dr. Snuggles, Captain Simeon and the Space Monkeys, and, of course, the Raccoons. You don't remember the Raccoons? In the 1980s, you might have. From Canada, we had a TV series that was... About three raccoons, Bert, Melissa, and Ralph. These three raccoons that lived in a tree and also had a newspaper and took on the evil uh, uh, Titea's ideas of uh, Ciro Sneer, a pink aardvark. Yes, only in the 1980s could a pink aardvark be a bad guy. But I'd rank him up there with the Shredder and Mumra and Cobra Commander. I'm sure they're retired now somewhere at a Starbucks somewhere. The villains uh, hanging out. The Raccoon started as a series of TV specials. And they ran in prime time in Canada. And so that's how we got them. If you don't remember them, they might have run on your syndicated station or somewhere as a Christmas special. That's how they started. The first Christmas special ever was Mr. Magoo's Christmas Carol. One day we'll do a podcast just about that. But today we'll start off the raccoon's Christmas. The three raccoons live in a, a, a Christmas tree or a pine tree called the Raccoon Dominium. And they work together and live together and play together. We'll get into who they are and what they do in a, in a little bit. But how they uh, come across in this story is Rich Little reads the story. Yes, the famous impressionist who reads the story like a kid's bedtime story. There's a framing technique. So there's two kids, their dog Schaefer, this beautiful uh, sheepdog, and this park ranger. The, the park ranger uh, finds out that all the trees are disappearing in the middle of the night. No one seems to know why. So the raccoons, the kids have this dream about picking out the perfect Christmas tree. And it turns out it's the raccoon's Christmas tree. This tree that they all live in called the raccoon dominium. So our three heroes go to recover their Christmas stockings and then run into Schaefer. Schaefer chases them around when he tells them that they just wanted to find their home. That tree that they put up there is their home. He says, I'm I'm sorry, I shouldn't have chased you. I was just defending my family. So they decide to make it their mission to find out what's going on and why are the trees disappearing. Enter the villains. Ciro Sneer, again, this pink aardvark, 
and his other his uh, uh, son Cedric, a little guy with glasses, who is sort of like this really smart, like nerdy type who's from college. So Ciro wants to cut down all the trees. He doesn't care. He wants to destroy the environment. So there you go. He's a pretty classic villain. Now, the only problem with this special is, by the middle of it, I guess they only had so much time because animation's very expensive. Schaefer confronts him, and he falls. He gives up. And eventually his son tells him, you know, there's a lot of fun in replanting. And he says, okay, that's what they decide to do. So the kids wake up and they find out about the Christmas tree and they put the tree back and the raccoons are have a nice Christmas and the kids have a nice Christmas and everything is back to the way it was. Yay. So this continues with the second special. Sometimes they show these specials back to back with the raccoons on ice. Hockey is very big in Canada. Remember that. Okay, so... Our three are practicing hockey, and we run into a brand new character. Her name is Sophia. She becomes Cedric's girlfriend. Turns out Cedric's pretty good at hockey, and the boys and the girls are playing hockey and having a good time. But then all of a sudden, uh, they're gonna Ciro and his bears are gonna build a stadium there, and so our villain is gonna do this. Bert bites off more than he can chew and says to him, I'm going, uh, we challenge you to a hockey game. And if you win, you get to keep the lake. But if we win, the lake stays the way it is. So he he makes a bet and says, yep, sure, deal's a deal. That's what we're going to do. So they try to convince Cedric to play with them, but, of course, Ciro won't have that. And uh, their only trump card is that Sophia (laughs) says to them, I am not going to uh, be your girlfriend anymore if you uh, do this. Okay? So the raccoons play the game. They they get beat up by these bears. And remember, hockey is a very low-scoring game, so it takes them a while. So Cedric uh, scores a couple of games because Bert hurts his hand and so now they can out of his assignment, out of the game. So now Bert even wins, scores the winning goal, and the good guys win. The lake is saved, and our villains are defeated. The third special is probably my favorite. Would an homage to Star Wars? Okay. So just like before, we have this frame of the kids, and the kids are going to get this big surprise from the park ranger, their father. And uh, Schaefer sees a bear dressed in a flight suit, and he sees a airplane that is a like an old-fashioned biplane that turns into a fighter jet that can fly in space. Already, I want one. If anybody can get me one, that'd be really awesome. Anyway, the ship flies to a nearby planet, and Schaefer re-encounters Sophia, a new character named Brew is sort of a mini version of Schaefer, and he finds this little lost star. Who wants the star? You can guess. Zero uh, sneer. He's if he gets his hands on it, that means he can power all his systems, and uh, he can lift the 
take all his systems and take it to Earth, invade Earth, and take over. Okay? So, of course, Schaefer doesn't want to do that. The All the animals that are um, there keep getting captured by these three pigs that are, fra- that are his soldiers and these bears. But the raccoons break in. They always free them. Finally, they capture Sophia because Cedric goes on a date with them, and he finds the star. Everybody gets captured. They put, bring them into the mountain, and he takes the star. Brew runs away, and he tells them that he's going to level the mountain as soon as he leaves, trapping and burying all our heroes alive. Yeah, so they could run in prime time so they could have more serious overtones here. You know, death can hang over your uh, heroes' heads, as it were. So they're all locked up. They all think they're going to, there's no way out. And uh, Brew uh, tells him he's going to go after the, the star and unplug it. So he does. He goes after, he's only a little puppy. And Zero uh, tries to blast him with a ray gun and he misses. And uh, they act, one of the pigs gets in the way and he accidentally sets off the self-destruct mechanism. So all the systems open and everybody's trying to evacuate. So uh, Bert's wish is like Bert Raccoon, Flying Ace. So that's exactly what he does. He gets into one of those airplanes that can fly like a spaceship. So he jumps in there. They circle around, circle around, circle around, trying to get out, trying to get out. And they find Brew in the star. And Sophia's like, I can hear Brew. And he grabs them, and they take off finally. So I remember this. Some animated moments, you know, you always remember for the rest of your life. Like, you remember the seven dwarfs standing there uh, sleeping and looking at uh, Snow White in that glass coffin. You always can remember uh, a scene like in Zootopia where... uh, um, uh, Nick and uh, Judy make up in that little tunnel there. You know, things like that. So, in this sequence, um, Se- uh, I mean, Zero, too many S's. Zero has this switch, and he closes the tunnel in behind our heroes. He said, and he looks at the cameras that they'll never get through that tunnel alive. So, I don't know. That always stuck with me. That's pretty dramatic, as it were. And the animation's pretty good. And they go through this tunnel. And now, here we go. So this is where I mean about this death hanging over everybody. He fires tack missiles, blows up this door, takes out these two bears. And I guess they're dead. And they fly off into the uh, into the distance and escape. But the... Uh, Zero and his son it looks like they're gone after this, but turns out they I think they added in a voiceover and said, It was time to go to Earth Pop. Oh, he's all frustrated because his plans all gone up in smoke. So uh Schaefer decided the bird says, I'll take you home. I I'll be the pilot and I'll take you home. So he does. They make it back to Earth and they fly over to the north and he says, uh that he's running out of gas, so if he takes off and come, uh, they, they don't have enough to get back and do this. So he decides to parachute out, and he does. And he wakes up. 
That's a dog barking in the background. And the uh, he gets out and he parachutes to safety. And he wakes up and Brew has made it to Earth. And everyone is reunited. And he said he knew that if somehow, if, there, if Brew made it there, somehow Sophia and the others made it too. So the last special is sort of a music video special. I have to say that basically that's what it's all about because 1980s was a lot of music specials in those days, a lot, tons of them. Remember MTV when they used to play music? This was a big hit in Canada, a song called You Can Run With Us. Look it up. You can see the video. And there's tons of, like, songs that they did, mini songs. So that's what this is. It's sort of a music video. Bert flies the space shuttle to a stadium, and they have this big concert. And that's basically what it was. They call this book ending. So one half of it is a regular story, and the other half is its conclusion. And in the, the middle is all this padding, all this stuff you've seen before. A lot of TV shows did that in the 1980s. Sometimes they still do it today when they don't have enough scripts for another uh, show. Like they need 14 shows, that's what they do. Yes, that's what I know. That's why I shall call this show Anto Knows. Anyway, that's the last special. Then they did a television series. You might have uh, seen it on the Disney Channel, okay? The Disney Channel uh, used to do this sometimes in the morning, sometimes on the weekends. Nickelodeon, I think, ran it for a while. I'm not sure on that. Something to Google later, I suppose. But it, uh, it ran for a while. The first episode was called Surprise Attack. It's not a very good episode. And they kind of eventually soften Zero Sneer's character. He was based on J.R. Hewing, and they kind of made him not a good guy, but kind of this rascal who always has schemes and is always getting into trouble. But since Cedric is friends with the raccoons, we kind of get into it. So the raccoons run a newspaper. The best episodes of this are there are quite a few. I'll touch on one or two of them. One of the best is a, a story about Ralph. Ralph and Melissa don't get a lot of love on this show, unfortunately. It becomes more of the Bert and Ciro show as time goes on. I mean, I don't have anything against Bert, but I would have liked to have seen a little more with Ralph and Melissa. So there's a show, an episode about uh, called Sky's the Limit, where it's about an error race. Ciro wants to enter it. So he could win, but this other pilot is this other raccoon. He's this incredible pilot. And Ralph's kind of like jealous of him. Now, here is the relationship part of this. And I didn't realize this until I rewatched this series a while ago. They, that, who knew that Ralph and Melissa are husband and wife? For the longest time, I thought the boyfriend, girlfriend, what are they? No, they're husband and wife. He eventually says, I don't want my wife, blah, blah, blah. So on and so forth. Now, why does Bert live with them? What is their deal? Is he related to them in some way? Is he just a good friend? I don't know. They just say he's their roommate. 
And he kind of acts like a kid sometimes. Sometimes he acts like an adult. Sometimes he acts like a kid. Go figure. Eventually, he gets a girlfriend. That's at least what I'm convinced of. That Lisa, this sporty raccoon, she eventually becomes his girlfriend. Okay, so in this story about the sky's the limit, they, there's an air race. The pigs uh, fake an injury because they want a pilot. So Ralph sees this as his opportunity to make Melissa look on him as a hero. Of course, he almost gets killed. He crashes the plane, and uh, Melissa's like, oh, my God, you know, don't ever do something like that again. The other fellow wins the race, but that's to no avail because she realizes that her husband is really important to her, and she, why would you ever do something so silly, basically? Uh, there are several other episodes that are like, wow, too many to mention because this podcast would go on forever and ever. But there are lots of really good uh, episodes that are really worth uh, to look at. Some of them starring Ciro, like there's one where the, he fires the pigs and the pigs end up having to be work for Mr. Knox, this alligator, and, he, and uh, they do pretty badly there. But uh, he does really well with uh, them, no, without them, and he, want, he eventually gets them back. And uh, there's a story about Lisa being upset because she eventually has to move to the Evergreen Forest with her family, and her uh, father asked his face the possibility that he's going to, you know, uprooted them and have no job. So, yeah, this show could be pretty serious. There was a PMH episode, yes, Every TV show in the 80s had to do either a body-switching episode or something else or a PMH episode where they talk about the dangers of overeating or alcohol or tobacco. So they tackled tobacco. Parents groups in those days were very, very strict. And they, you know, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Cartoons are just cartoons. But with this... They they want everything either have some kind of educational spin, or they had to do a PMH or something. They couldn't just people couldn't just have fun, I guess. Now, mind you, a lot of those '80s cartoons were giant commercials to sell toys. I know that. I mean, I'm not that fool, but I just watched them because they were fun and they had good characters. Here, they had good characters with the raccoons. But they never tried to sell us anything. That was that was their anchor. So there you go. So uh, they did the dangers of tobacco. Lisa, a friend of hers from her old school, says smoking cigarettes. And she said, oh, you can smoke cigarettes too, right, Lisa? And she's like, sure, I smoke all the time. And, of course, she doesn't. And Bert finds out about this and doesn't really like that she's doing this. You know, she's lying to her father. She's doing some bad things. And this girl's kind of snotty. There is a dumb song about tobacco, though. But that's what they used to do in the 80s. Got to have a little music video where they say, and they have tobacco, which is really, really corny. By these today's standards, you couldn't get away with that. It was just, it would be too silly. So you either had to be really scared saying, don't do this, or you could prevent forest fires, or stuff like that. They also did shows about, like, getting in over your head and getting into problems. What do you do? What do you say? 
So, what do I recommend? Should I recommend this show? Absolutely. If you recommend, if you love the 1980s, and you love cartoons, and they're available on YouTube, you can find it on DVD. It's a little expensive. If you go to a comic book convention or something like that, you can find rare shows like that. Like a lot of people want this show or that show, and it might be a little over expensive, but. I think you could probably pick it up at a convention sometime, or you can uh, just watch them for free on YouTube. That's how I caught up with it, because uh, I said, "Oh, I love that show." So we'll continue on this road of uh, sort of shows that we've seen before and kind of revisit them. We'll talk about classic shows too, like GI Joe, Transformers, and all those wonderful uh, shows, and the Amazing Spider-Man, who's at Many, many cartoons that it does. We'll also do on this podcast now, and that's it. Okay, I ran out of time.